Happy Halloween! <laughs> uh, it's not Halloween yet, you guys. Oh, yeah. Just calm down. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the Big Planet Comics Podcast. This is episode 95. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Some, some Halloween sounds. Yeah, I, some I chains just, rattling. We should do a creepy Halloween episode. We, we should. should. Yeah, we love creepy we, comics. We definitely should. Oh, we all do that, vampire voices. Oh, that'd be great. We only Welcome to the Big Bad <laughs> Comics Podcast. <laughs> we only a razor. <laughs> it's going to be a very cool episode. Uh, yeah. So anyway, my name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. And uh, yeah, this is episode 95. Uh, we're back again. <laughs> back uh, again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what's going on, you guys? Hmm, what is going on? No, you know? Hold on, what is going on? My computer here. No, <laughs> deny, do not connect to Wi-Fi. Oh. All right, what's going on, you guys? Hey. hey. <laughs> we're back again. Yeah, we're back. Uh, yeah. Nick, let's start with you. What have you been doing? Uh, I've been working on Gang War. Yeah? Um, I've been, Whoa. I've been watching Ken Burns' documentaries about the prohibition. <laughs> is that true? Is Next gonna, up, I'm going to watch the Dust Bowl documentary. Are they, are they going to be flashbacks to the first Gang War? Uh, no. Oh, man. Gang Wars of New York? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like a Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> so it's just going to be panels from Gang War that, like, get slowly zoomed in on? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Remember when this happened? That sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday tomorrow. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to have a nice family dinner. Should be fun. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Yeah. Because we don't have the rights to the regular Happy Birthday song. I'm sure we don't have we the rights to whatever it. that is either. Yeah. Uh, is that the Hollywood Squares theme song? I have no idea. Uh, yeah. it's I made that song, you guys. Yeah, hey, yeah. Anyway, what else have you been doing? <laughs> uh, what else have I been doing? Uh, nothing very interesting, unfortunately. Cool. Jared usually is the one that does Great. interesting things. Yeah, Jared, what, what have you been doing, bud? Uh, I went to the Baltimore Book Festival and sold a bunch of comics to the civilians. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a long time. Uh, it was a long time, was a long time ago. <laughs> it was. It was like two weeks. Yeah. No, it was last it was, weekend. No, it wasn't. Oh, week and a half. This podcast is off to a great start, <laughs> you guys. Pep tested. Super high energy. Anything else going on, Jared? Uh, I watched, uh, went to Sports Bar Lucky Bar over in DuPont and watched on the television uh, DC United win the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. Which is even more amazing considering they are last of the last in the league play. And because I mean, that's... like, the last worst record in major league soccer history and plus isn't that tennis so that's pretty impressive too yeah well you know they're, <laughs> they're quick on their feet uh cool i have been uh i don't know i'm more excited about things that are about to happen like what the new season of american horror story starts tonight oh, yeah. so i'm pretty excited about that it's about witches i need to watch the first two seasons yeah it's really <laughs> stupid i love it. Is it and uh uh and pokemon comes out on sunday so oh yes. uh, it's already online what the first episode of pokemon mm-hmm. oh no i mean the new game Oh, okay. Oh. Not Pokemon Origins, the new television series that explores the origins of Pokemon. <laughs> uh, no, the new game. I'm I'm excited about it. I've been playing a lot of uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team. That sounds awesome. <clears throat> it's a it's good. I've been playing a lot of GTA Five. I don't. I haven't been. I don't know why. I should be. You should, you should yeah, be. it's too like serious or something it's huge i like games with plumbers that like go into each other's dreams <laughs> they probably have that in gta 5 in a horribly different way yeah. yeah um yeah so that's about it we're pretty boring right now yep yeah yeah well it's a boring time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boring time it's fall yeah it's fall you guys yep all right let's do some questions <laughs> this podcast is terrible <laughs> oh the news i mean <laughs> 
This just in. Uh, Big Black Comics Podcast canceled. <laughs> <laughs> lots, lots of new comics announced in the last uh, few weeks. Um, Marvel's been putting out uh, about a million teasers for New York Comic Con uh, about all these all new Marvel Now books. Um, they're all kind of vague. They're like one word with creative team. Um, but I kind of, you can kind of figure some out. One seems like a like a Dan Slot, Mike Allred, Silver Surfer, maybe. That's cool. Um, Trad Moore is, I can't forget who's writing it, but Trad Moore might be drawing a Ghost Rider series, maybe. That's cool. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool looking things. Is it the uh, Ghost Rider written by um, the guy who writes, who is Jake Ellis? Isn't that the rumor? Oh, it might Nathan be. Nathan Edmondson? It might be Nathan Edmondson. Because Nathan, when he did the signing, said he was going to write like three Marvel But he might books. be doing another one that's, he, he, that might be a Black Widow book. Oh. He said, cool. he said one was a big name character. Yeah. But uh, well, then we got one on here. What is this? And then one that's actually officially announced is a new She-Hulk series by Charles Soule and Javier Pulido. That's uh, awesome. That is super awesome. Because Charles Soule is wow. the good writer at DC right now. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and uh, Javier Pulido is great. He's like Marcos Martin. He's awesome. Yeah. One uh, of the best. Yeah. I, w- I was talking today. That they need to put those old She-Hulk, uh, Dan Slott, yeah, really Juan Bobillo trades back in print. Because those yes, things are so funny. Yeah. And uh, fun. And fun, yeah. And yeah. another new Marvel book. Uh, Marvel announced they're going to launch a line of Disney Kingdoms comics, which are just what? like ri- uh, comics based on their rides. What? But the first one is one based on, um, it's called Seekers of the Weird, based on the M- Museum of the Weird that was going to be built in Disneyland but never got built. Was that like a Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of thing? It was or? supposed to be like attached to the haunted uh, mansion. And, but it was like uh, like a spooky museum with like all sorts of weird things happening. Spooky. But it never got built. Um, and they're making a comic about what it, I don't know something about the the spooky museum. Sounds like a real scream, <laughs> <laughs> which is a weird thing, but kind of cool. Um, yeah. Another just a bunch of new things announced. That's uh, fine. New horror series <laughs> called Outcast by Robert Kirkman and Paul Azaketa. Which is pretty exciting. I mean, everybody knows Robert Kirkman. And then Paul Ezeketa, yeah. what has he drawn recently? I mean, I know he drew Grounded. Yeah. He's, oh, he's not a very popular series. No, he he really did good. Potter's Field, which is great. Oh, yeah. He did some issues with Spider-Man. Currently, he's drawing Conan. Oh, okay. cool. Okay. Um, he's awesome. And so I'm pretty excited. Robert Kirkman hasn't had a new book since, I don't know, Super Dinosaur, maybe? Yeah, maybe. There's Thief of Thieves, but that's not really... <laughs> Thief of Thieves isn't really Thief of Thieves was like, I have an idea. Somebody make it cool. Yeah. Wait, does um, he not write Thief of Thieves? No. No. He was I don't, like, I don't read that book, so I don't Bo know. Who writes it or something? He's, he's, I like, don't know. he's like the idea man. He's like the showrunner. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's like, um, I'm going to take this and make a TV show. And then one of the cooler things is Jeff Smith is doing a new kind of um, epic journey type comic called, I don't know how to pronounce this, Tukey Save the Humans. Um, it's a it's a free web comic that he's going to start posting, and it's uh, it takes place two million years ago, and it's about journey of the first human to leave Africa during uh, a huge dry spell there. It so makes me think pretty awesome. of Tack and Juju. <laughs> Tack and Juju. <laughs> Search for the Juju juice or whatever yeah, it was yeah. called. Um, was there a second Tack and Juju game? Let's get into this. Uh, probably. Okay. Let's, let's be done with it now. Yeah. <laughs> Tack um, and Juju. Google it. Yeah, just Google it. So that's that's all the news, you guys. That's it. Hey, have you guys other stuff? But um, hey, have you guys been watching mm-hmm. the Shield show? Yes, it's I watched so good. The first one. Okay, so you like it? Okay, I like it too. But people really seem, people seem to not like it at all. First one, I was like, eh. Ah, the first one's great. It's no, it's, no, it's not. 
it's the very like has great moments, but it's not a great show. It's very much like a TV show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think I think people maybe expect it to be the Avengers, and it's yeah, very I think much that's like a TV show. Problem. Yeah. I'm like giving it a lot of leeway, though. I'm like comparing it to the first season of Dollhouse. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm it's, like, it's as good as that. Yeah. All right. That's it's, a good point. And, and the second season of Dollhouse was good. Yeah. That's true. And it's getting better. Um, like the third episode was great. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought, thought it was the, the best one for sure. Okay. Um, it's yeah. It's got a lot of character stuff. Yeah. And they um sort of introduce uh. A like pretty, a classic Marvel supervillain. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, which is, I think, more what people are looking for from it than for it to be, yeah. like, Bones or NCIS yeah, and, or whatever. And, uh, I think that was it. The first one, I was kind of like, oh, there's, you know, dudes running around with extremists. And yeah. I'm like, I want Hydra doing something crazy. And, and, the, and, you and the actors are getting better. And, yeah. and the last episode was more spy-oriented. It felt like yeah. Alias or something like that. It was pretty nah, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Did you going guys forward? watch uh, Sleepy Hollow? Uh, no, my wife watches it. She it's likes it. People, amazing. People tell me it's great, but I, I have I watched the first incredible episode. reservations. No, I watched the first episode, and it's ridiculous in the best way TV is. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it. It's not, It's on the CW, right? I don't even know. <laughs> no, it's on Fox. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I was going to say CW is dumb. But which reminds me, have you been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I have been watching Brooklyn uh, Nine-Nine. It's really funny. It's really funny. Chelsea Peretti is really funny on that yeah, show. Yeah, There's great. a part where she does a little dance, and it's great. <laughs> it's great. This podcast is a mess, you guys. That's whatever. This is the worst episode we've ever done. Nah, that's fine. Let's do some questions. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a question this week. Oh. This is from Eli. Mm-hmm. Eli and, who? Uh, nope, just Eli. Okay. It says, uh, question one. He has two questions. Okay. Thanks Ooh. for both questions, Eli. Exciting. Thanks. If you guys have questions, I'm going to tell you how to send them to us after I read these questions. <laughs> uh, he says, one, like a lot of folks, I intend to spend the Halloween season watching an inordinate amount of horror movies. Halloween, the movie. Evil Dead, both the old and new versions. And Poltergeist are on the agenda. What horror movies are you looking forward to watching? And do you have any recommendations? I feel sure. like Nick and I are definitely. I was about to say, Nick and a lot of Kevin movies. are in their wheelhouse. Well, Nick, do you have any horror movies you plan on watching during this Halloween season? Ooh, I haven't really thought about it too much. Ooh. Just go on your instincts. I do want to watch the new Evil Dead. I haven't seen there it. You go. Yeah, actually, I haven't seen the new Evil Dead either, so I, I'll probably watch that. Um, there's not anything that. new that I'm too excited about, but I'll probably go back and watch some some oldies. Yeah, I always like to watch Halloween and Halloween Two. It's a good back to back because the second movie takes place immediately after the oh, first really? movie. That's yeah. true. Um, and but recommendations i mean there are trick or treat is a great movie. trick or treat yeah, is a great it. halloween movie and a very underrated halloween movie isn't yeah. it the one they tried to make a terrible comic out of they did make a terrible <laughs> oh, <they were> successful <laughs> um but uh trick or treat's cool it's it's sort of like uh a series of uh shorts oh, uh, really? that are all tied together so it's sort of like creep show yeah uh or like the tales from the dark side movie dude i need <laughs> i need to watch creep show 1 and 2 again creep show is great creep show 2 is great cuz it's got that animated segments in between each one that are amazing but let's let's talk about some some weird horror movies because nick and i have both seen some of those yeah yeah uh there's the stuff the stuff is great nick about, why don't you tell people what the stuff is about it's about um a new drink called the stuff it's kind of <laughs> like this like ooze it looks like a milkshake or something and people are like addicted to it and turns out it's like a sentient alien being that's like melting people's Ugh. brains it's pretty great cool there's a great movie called terror vision where a guy, so <laughs> where a guy adjusts his satellite and uh, it lets aliens, uh, evil aliens, uh, travel to Earth and come out of his television and kill people. Wow, yeah. that's no, a good movie. Uh, there's nine seven six evil, <laughs> which is about that's an, a terrible movie. <laughs> which is about an evil uh, like sex hotline. Yeah, <laughs> wow, awful. Uh, also, uh, the gate and the gate two are both really oh, good. I saw I the gate. I did like the about gates. kids opening up uh, gates to hell. 
Gate two is terrible. Yeah. Uh, but my my biggest suggestions, and these are these are serious ones. Watch Houseu, the Japanese movie House, about a haunted House? house. Yeah. Okay. Or just House. House. Uh, it's about a haunted house, and it's really weird and crazy. Also, uh, Oni Baba is a really really fantastic uh, Japanese horror movie from the sixties about haunted samurai armor. What? I need to see that. One. It's great. And uh, probably my all-time favorite horror movie is called The Innocence, and it's an adaptation of Turn of the Screw by Jack Clayton. Oh. It's from the 50s. It's really, really fantastic. And if you want to really be just scared to death, watch Inside. It's a French horror movie about a woman that is trying to steal another woman's baby from oh. her stomach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really creepy movie so uh yeah go with those oh uh mm. devil's backbone was good devil's That's backbone is a great movie early del toro very cool del toro's best movie yeah by yeah. far i don't know pacific Hell, Hell Boy's pretty oh good. yeah pacific Rim's really good. <laughs> yeah i oh, got i love pacific <laughs> uh pacific Rim's coming out on blu-ray next week you guys so special features get it in 3d <laughs> watch it with your friends and family does it come with moving seats uh, yeah, because you saw that in D Box. Yeah. Go way back. Oh, we talked man. about this. <laughs> it's in a Amazing. it's in a previous episode. Uh, so hopefully that that helps you on your quest. Uh, send us. Uh, let us know if you watch any of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just follow up. Tweet us at Big Planet Comics. Tweet tweet me at Kevin Panetta. <laughs> uh, just follow me. I want more just followers. Follow, yeah, follow <laughs> me around. I need like four more. Um, all right, and then his second question thing is. Uh, Kudos on the small press expo. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't do too much this year, but we made it. Happen. I was the there. show was awesome. <laughs> uh, he says I went this year for the first time, and while I enjoyed it, I also quickly realized that I was in over my head. What's the best way to get familiarized with the indie comic scene? Well, I would say the small press expo is a really good way to get familiarized. Right. Sort of, but he does have a point that it's like. If you don't know much about it, it's too much at once. Yeah, I think I think uh, there are a lot of ways now to do it online. It's like you find some creators you like. Yeah, I think Tumblr is honestly a really good way now. Yeah, like Tumblr's great. Like you find, say, like Sam Bosma, yes. who did fantasy yeah. basketball. And then you look and you're like, oh, well, this guy is like reblogging stuff from like Callie Sesmer and Andrea Kalfas and Jimmy Gigerich. So then you follow those people and then you realize, oh, well, these people also like all these people and yeah. see who like who they what artists they talk to on Twitter and like. You can you can find a lot of good stuff. Also, following publishers is good, right. like especially some of the like Koyama Press. If oh, you want to know yeah. everybody who's cool right now, just look at what mm-hmm. Koyama Press is putting out. Also, Secret Acres is another good one. Yeah, Oily uh, Retrofit, which is you know Big Planet is pretty heavily involved in, yep. is also putting out a lot of good stuff. So uh, yeah, try oh, that yeah. out. Uh, side note: uh, they're put out the best uh, yeah. of American Comics 2013 comes out next week, and on their website they also do like a kind of best notable comics so it's not necessarily ones they couldn't put in the book but just ones that you should read and there are three retrofit books on there nice plus box brown's uh survivalist which we reviewed it is awesome awesome. yeah and also uh actually get that book because there are a ton of great creators in there and you can find some people that book blows my mind because they literally the editors for who are matt madden and jessica abel this year it's jeff smith as the guest editor speaking of jeff smith that's cool um they try to read every comic that comes out in mexico the u.s and canada in a year Oh, that's crazy. Everyone. And they have really good taste. So is it so. like best North American comics? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
How do they read so many comics? And also, the the SPX Tumblr is really good. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true, actually. Uh, so, yeah. I think social media is the way to go. Yeah. You can do it. There's not really, like, a really, really good page for just, like, indie comics, like a news thing, like yeah. Newsarama. Yeah, I was kind of There's Comics Reporter. That. Tom Spurgeon's page is pretty he cool. Is, his is really good, Yeah, actually, and yeah. Uh, he, he does, like, a lot of, um, like, show reports, and he'll talk about the best books of the show and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then just, uh, I, I don't know if, if you're local, but come in the store. We'll show you some good stuff. He is. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that, that there's like Diamond Comics distributes like all the big publishers, but I think it'd be interesting if there was just a website that just said like fantasy basketball came out this week at SPX. So, you know, if there was just like a site that just listed what people are putting out, because I think too often people just miss stuff and they'll be like, Oh, that came out three weeks ago and it sold out or I've never heard of this guy. Let me click on their website. There's also a good distro called spit and a half. Oh, actually they just deal. I think they just deal to stores, but you can, no, you can buy, I think directly. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's worth it just to look at, at least worth checking out. Yeah. yeah. Like look at the list of what they got and stuff on there. Yeah. There you go. That's cool. Great. Well, thanks for your question, Eli. If you guys have questions, you can send those questions to podcast at big planet comics, or you can tweet us at big planet comics or just ask us in person. You can ask us in person or you can ask us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We should start All putting out calls things. for questions again. We did. Let's yeah. Start again. We'll do it. But not right now. Oh, just wait till <laughs> next week. Oh, no. Uh, cool. Well, uh, you guys want to do some reviews? Sure. Let's let's get this train moving. <laughs> train right. Love comics, they're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. Up first, this week, we have Afterlife with Archie number one, written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who most people will know as uh, uh, the guy that wrote the Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark play <laughs> musical yep. uh and just a t- he writes a ton of stuff yeah uh some good he wrote four he wrote four he wrote um spider-man when clayton crane was drawing it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the art in this is by francesco francovia who draws black beetle uh and does a ton of covers he's a cover for every comic yeah that comes out and his covers are always great yeah, somebody so came great. in and he was like hey when's the next uh, black beetle coming out i was like that got canceled forever ago and there's a new thing coming. There's no, I, I was. No. I thought he was talking about Blue Beetle. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Afterlife with Archie. This is Archie with zombies, and it's basically exactly that. The the twist on this one though is they set it up so the storytelling is like if they were real teenagers. Yeah. So they're I wouldn't say explicit, but they're like less uh, innocent than they are in the yeah, typical they Archie comics. Um, they drink. They. Uh, they're, they're definitely more suggestive in how they're talking. They're they act to they react to each other a little more realistically. Yeah, Betty and Veronica wearing uh, like sexy costumes. Well, like, that's no different than the regular, <laughs> right? But, true, I, but guess. I believe they say they, slutty costume rather than sexy. Uh, costume. No, they say sexy. They say sexy. They? They, somebody might say slutty. They're bringing sexy uh, back, you guys. But yeah, and then Archie calls Reggie bro, which I thought was going too far. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a line. Uh, but the main plot is that, uh, of course, in the Archie universe, there's Sabrina who uh, is a witch and has magical powers. And poor uh, Jughead's dog, Hot Dog, gets hit by a car. And he comes rushing over to ask for help. And, of course, it's too late. But instead, she uses the Necronomicon to bring Hot Dog back to life as a zombie, which has disastrous magical consequences. Yeah, and then Hot Dog bites Jughead. And Jughead's patient zero. Jughead shows up at the Halloween dance to zombify everybody. And everybody thinks his costume is great. It was like... 
I was like, what is this? It's yeah. so bizarre. But it's good. It's, it's really good. good. Yeah. It's it, just so weird. Yeah, the, the Franco VR art helps a long yeah, way. Yeah, the Franco VR art helps. I normally like, uh, do you remember when they did like new look Archie a few years oh, ago? Oh, boy. And I was like, oh, I don't like to see Archie characters sort of drawn more realistically. But Franco Villa does a really good job, I think. He's got it's like, like right in between. Style of it. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he's got like a like a Sean Phillips kind of style. So so it works. It's still sort of like, you know, sort of iconic. And I think the, the scene that sold me on this was there's there's like... When Jughead is like mourning his dog's loss, you see uh, there's a panel of Reggie um, wiping blood off of his the uh, the grill of his car, and I was like, "All right." I actually, so, yeah, that, that yeah. was that was to me too. Like I I was like, "Oh, there's like a little bit more to this." Like yeah. it felt very going through the motions, but I like that they set up this side story that Reggie Mantle like hit. Yeah, and it's it's not his car. What's Jughead's last name? Oh god! I don't oh, remember. Wow. Oh boy. But it's not the thing that's cool about it is <laughs> it's not it's one. not played up for laughs. Yeah, that's true. Like it's completely straight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, which makes account. it funny. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was really well done. I'm actually really excited to read the second issue of this. Uh, yeah. We we have our special special edition covers yep, as well, limited edition, which have big like Planet Comics. Yeah, cover. where where Jughead's coming into Big Planet Comics to turn us all into zombies. Yeah, but the regular cover's better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the regular cover to this is so amazing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but uh, Afterlife with Archie surprisingly is so good. Is is a very recommended book. All right, up next we've got Coffin Hill number one. This is written by Caitlin Kittridge, mm-hmm. um, and art by Anaki Miranda. I don't know who either of those people nope. are. New folks. They're both new. Uh, as far as uh, I know, I didn't know I if Caitlin like Caitlin Kit- Kittridge is like some kind of. I didn't know writer. if that was Caitlin Kiernan, maybe with a different last name. Or something, but <laughs> uh, now Caitlin has Kiernan has like a lot of as, uh, accents in her name. <laughs> but this is. Uh, I thought this was interesting because it was a very like old school kind of Vertigo book. Yeah. Um, it's very much in the kind of world of uh, not in the same world, but it's like Sandman, maybe. Um, yeah, that kind of takes a little bit of, like House of Secrets or yeah, more old school. Um, basically, it's about a town that supposedly is cursed, um, and it's full of like rich people and um, <laughs> the the True one curse. the one family is like the um, coffins. Yeah, and they're possibly descendants of witches. Well, they are. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but um yeah so it's about the uh, it's it's weird cuz it jumps back and forth in time it starts off in the pre- in the present and um this girl Eva is a cop um and she's just gone into a house and gets shot and she's like uh going to the hospital and she's remembering the past and about her her life as a teenager in Coffin Hill she's like super rebellious and her and her friends start doing some witchcraft and some terrible things happen um and now she's going to go back home because yeah. she's she's been disabled from the, the but shots. also right before she was shot she had just caught a serial killer supposedly by accident yeah so that's obviously something weird going on yeah there. yeah there's a lot of little mysteries built up yeah it's, it's pretty interesting there's there's kind of a maybe nypd blue mixed with like i don't know the craft or something <laughs> i don't know it's weird yeah because like one of her friends boyfriends who they did the witchcraft back in the past is now also a cop but yeah and one of her friends disappeared during a ritual yeah so there's a lot of setup for this yeah yeah they definitely set up a lot of stuff like sort of going into this i was like oh what is this like gothy thing but i I thought it was well written i thought the it's i'll be curious about the second issue because the sort of framing device they use of her as a cop in the present 
I think will now be the main story. Right. And then the rest of this was kind of an origin. And I thought the origin part was, was interesting. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think now it'll probably move forward into sort of this main storyline. But I thought it was a good first issue. And yeah. the art's great. And the art's cool. Yeah. I, really I like it. The art, I can't even think of what it looks like. But it's it's like, it's yeah. very clean uh, and and simple. It reminds me of maybe Jamie McElvey sometimes. A little bit. But, I feel uh, a little bit of like... Uh, Cliff Chang in a little bit. I yeah, the that's faces good one, yeah. and yeah, um, it's a little overcolored. I mean, I know I'm like picky, <laughs> but uh, some of the, the some of the computer colory pattern stuff they did was a little too much for me. But uh, but in general, I thought it was I thought it was a really good book and a f- good first issue. I'm glad to see Vertigo doing like a lot more stuff now because uh, there was definitely a time when it looked like they were just gonna disappear. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they were just gonna do fables. Pretty good. Yeah, so. I mean this and Trillium and yeah. So, um, all right, cool. Up next, we have Delilah Dirk and the Turkish Lieutenant by Tony Cliff. Um, so this this is interesting. This was a um, this was a web comic. Oh really? Yeah, and know. and it was all published on the web for like a limited time. And uh, I first saw this as like a promo thing. He did like a series of travel posters that were all in like different areas. So oh, that's awesome. uh, one was this one in Turkey, and one was like in London. So hopefully, there's gonna oh, be, there are going to be more of these in the future. But uh, yeah. The, uh, this first one, Delilah Dirk and the Turkish Lieutenant, is like about this this woman, Delilah Dirk, who's just like a rogue. This is what is this nineteen twenties era? No, this, it's eighteen. Oh, is it even earlier? Yeah, it's like it's late nineteenth like, century. Back. Yeah, yeah. no, so, it's like early nineteenth century. Yeah, because wow, they use really? aqueducts. It's like eighteen oh seven. Nothing wrong with an aqueduct these days. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's this has just like pure pulpy fun adventure style to it. Yeah. Uh, Delilah Dirk is just like. I don't just like, I wouldn't say a free spirit, but she's just like charges ahead and does stuff and just kind of doesn't worry about the consequences. She's kind of a weird legend. Like having fun doing it. So like she'll be like stealing stuff or breaking out of stuff. Like literally the opening scene is she's at the, the Sultan's palace in Istanbul and like they've caught her and they're all going to execute her. And then like two pages later, she's escaping and stealing stuff and just like, hey, how's it going? And like just running out and having a great time with it. And the poor Turkish Lieutenant Selim is a... Uh, kind of dragged along in her wake because he's like blamed for her yeah he's basically everyone thinks he somehow did it even though he's completely you know outmatched by her uh abilities and he kind of gets caught up in the quest adventure with her and it's just fun yeah it was really fun yeah and like there were a couple i thought the two like things that were really interesting to me about this were well Besides those two things, the art is amazing. Yeah, I should say. Really uh, good. Uh, Tony Cliff is uh, like an animation guy. Oh, um, okay. And you can really see it. That everything's so dynamic, and yeah. there's a lot of action in this book, and it's so well done. You can tell he's like a guy that's worked on storyboards, yeah, you and see, like, animation, you know, like, and stuff. Jumping off of roofs, and like you know, the real action pace. But he also puts a lot of detail into like the scenery and the backgrounds. You really. Like the, these Greek and Turkish areas really come to life. Yeah, like, like in a very a lot of research, like in a very like Europe, like a very like much like a European comic right. or something, yeah. like a Tintin or something. Yeah, but uh, so I the art was great for that. But there were two things in the story I really liked. I love that um, that she plays so much off the expectations of like what a woman is supposed, to, supposed be to do in, in that time yeah. period, and like she uses it to her advantage, and it makes her like a very she's just like a very likable character. Yeah. And she like she knows her surroundings and she knows how to use things, and it, yeah. I don't know she's she's very adaptable, and it's and I think it works really well. Yeah. And then um, the friendship between Salim and 
Delilah. It's just so well written. Yeah. There are a ton of scenes where they're just like sitting around campfires and just like kind of like going at each other and like yeah. like ribbing each other. And, yeah. and I thought all that stuff worked really well. And it just gets you so much more invested in all the action stuff that's that's yeah. going on. Yeah. Which is cool because the story itself is very loose. Like there's not really like a like a very solid goal. They're just yeah. kind of trying to get away and yeah. like yeah. do stuff. There's a, there's one point where they're like, you know, they're stealing gold from this pirate that's stolen from her cousin right. or brother <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and then that kind of just ends, and so then the rest is them. It's just kind of an escape movie, but uh, but it's all really well done, and you care so much about the characters that 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 little thing doesn't really matter that right. much. Yeah. yeah, and there are some hilarious moments in this. Just like they play so well off of each other. Yeah, really yeah, good. yeah. A, a ton of great scenes, and all just strung together well. And it just it's so fun to read, and it looks great. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Highly recommended. Yes, Delilah Dirk and the Turkish Lieutenant. All right, let's get this next one out of the way. This is Forever <laughs> Evil: Arkham War Number One. This is written by Peter J. Tomasi, who uh, has written Batman and Robin, and it's good. Batman yeah, Batman and Robin is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the art in this is by Scott Eaton, who's who's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah. So basically, this is uh, one of the two spinoff series. Are there three? Three now. Uh, there's there's Arkhamor and then Argus, which was supposed to be written by Matt King. And then one about the Flash rogues. I don't know. Cool. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, There's yeah. that one, too. <laughs> there's always a rogues miniseries yeah. with everything. So, basically, this is... Uh, if you've been re- reading Forever Evil... Forever Evil is crazy. So, Ultraman pushed the moon in front of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's like do. a constant eclipse. I don't... Does, could that even work, like... In with theory. the Earth's rotation, well, the, yeah. the tides killed a lot of people. Oh, okay. they mentioned that. Um, and so, so everything's dark. All the powers out in Gotham as well. And uh, basically, villains have taken over in a story that is a little too similar to No Man's Land in my mind. Right, right. Where because different villains control different parts of the city and yeah. stuff. Well, that hasn't happened yet. No, it oh, happened. Yeah. <laughs> did it happen? That happens in Arkham War. Yeah, all the villains. Control no, no, part of the no, but No Man's. Land. But did No Man's Land happen? Not oh not yeah, I guess not. <laughs> um, Maybe. Uh, oh, what a, anyway, what a mess. Uh, yeah. So so basically, um, Bane has decided that he doesn't like the way anybody is running the city, and that he's going to take everything over. Yeah. When you guys read this, this comic is bad, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you guys read this, did you read Bane's dialogue in Bane's voice from the Dark Knight movie? <laughs> no, no. I oh should've. God, I did because he's not as good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like a. I read him more like. I don't know. He's like, which one of you wants to be free? <laughs> I didn't use. I also didn't use his right, like. Have become again awesome. <laughs> his like, uh, like Mexican accent from like the animated series. <laughs> um, which animated series was it? The it was Batman the animated series. Was it? Did yeah, they a... do the part where he breaks Batman's back in that cartoon. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's basically it. It's really stupid. There's a lot of really bad dialogue. Um, Professor Professor Pig is in this, and I love yeah. Professor Pig. Yeah. But uh, it's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> There's a part where Professor Pig calls um, Scarecrow's gas fear farts. Yeah. yeah and then right Scarecrow's like, cool. like, shut up, pig face. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, Professor Pig has decided to wear a pig mask. You're not insulting him by calling him a pig face. He loves it. That's true. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's um, a great book. Yeah. So Forever Evil <laughs> Arkham War is not good. And, uh,. But we felt like we should talk about it. I guess we'll talk about the other two. Maybe we'll talk about Argus. I don't know. Will we talk about Forever Evil? Oh, what is it called? They announced one that's like a crossover in a bunch of books. It's like oh, 18 yeah. parts. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Well, you never know. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So up next, we have uh, Grindhouse. Doors open at midnight. Number one, Be Vixens from Mars. This is written by Alex DeCampi, who wrote um, Smoke and Ashes. Yep. Uh, and art by uh, Chris Peterson, who I do not know. Uh, this book is stupid, but in a good way. This is <laughs> Alex DeCampi. Just, she's trying to do like those old campy drive-in 50 movies. Alex DeCampi? Yeah. Uh, oh, wrong button. <laughs> uh, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, good joke. Uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Just trying to do like that kind of uh, schlocky, fun, like ridiculous B movie yeah. stuff. Yeah. And this one, I I can't even process. I think like every few issues is going to be a whole new story. And I don't know. This one is. Which is fine. I'm not looking for a, this right. storyline to go 12 issues. Yeah, this, it, it's like. Almost too ridiculous in some ways, but it's super fun. It's very so, gratuitous. Like yeah, Grindhouse movies. There's a lot of like sexual stuff and a lot of super violence. But what happens? And, uh, uh, what does happen in this? <laughs> uh, basically, there's some bees that come from outer space, um, and they take over women, and the women have sex with men and kill them. Basically, is the gist of it. Dun dun dun. dun. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's all that happens. Yeah. There's actually, like, an old movie, I think, called Invasion of the B-Girls. That yeah, yeah. Based all on. these are kind of But, uh, yeah, inspired. and th- that's pretty much it. Uh, cover by Francisco Francovia. The guy. It's a uh, cover. Yeah, so, like, a giant beehive shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And they're, like, trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah, and then people get infected, and they turn into, like, uh, they get very, like, horny. Yeah. If you like Grindhouse... Yeah, you like this. It's really silly, but I really enjoyed it. I had fun reading it. The dialogue is really sort of over the top, and yeah, yeah it all feels like a B movie in the way that it should. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that. That is that. All right. Up next, we have Hinterkind. 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 Number one. This is written by Ian Edginton, who writes a lot of um, awesome stuff. Yeah, he wrote New Dead Guardians, right? Yep. Is that him? No, that's not him. Wait, isn't it? Isn't no. It? Nope. Who is that? Who wrote, who wrote that? Um, Andy Lanning or something. Like that. Oh, really? okay. Well, Ian Edginton wrote um, Scarlet Traces. Yeah, Scarlet Traces. Yeah. Leviathan and Kingdom of the Wicked. Leviathan. Yeah, a bunch of stuff with Disraeli. Yeah, he's a really a great writer. And the art in this is by uh, Francesco Trivogli, who uh, who I don't know, but the art is good. Really yeah. good. Yeah, and this is kind of uh, a post post apocalyptic story. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's after is, the apocalypse. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it's it's got a different tone than a lot of the post apocalypse stuff that we've. Yeah. Received. So this one is way past the apocalypse, where there's very little bits of humanity left, and like they have an awesome shot, which kind of made me fall in love with this book of Manhattan completely overgrown. So it's like you see skyscrapers just covered in trees and vines and stuff. So there's very small amount of humanity left, uh, and they're all in like little. You know, they still got technology and whatever's left over. There's not a lot of people left. And so the main plot is uh, they have radio contact with someone up in upstate like Albany or something, and they lose contact. And so some of the younger hunter types who are, like, trying to prove themselves want to go with one of the older human guys to be, like, on a mission. Like, we'll help you find out what happens to the other colony. And then there's a horror, really weird twist, which I guess we should talk about. Yeah, it's that, basically the sure, apocalypse like, happened because fairy tale characters came back to Earth. Yeah, after so it's being not outcast just the apocalypse. There are now goblins and elves and stuff running around again. And a unicorn gets his head blown off with a shotgun. It's pretty great. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's a gist. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic fairy tale sort of. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it. I really like the world setup. I didn't think it needed this twist, but the twist is kind of cool. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's it's weird because it, it it's not a whole lot happens besides that. Yeah, so it's a little like where's this gonna go? Yeah, like but, a lot of first issues we do is just like what what is it gonna be? Yeah, right. But so far it's good. You know, it's a post apocalyptic thing. That's I don't know. It's good. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not the best. Just a bit. It's but just I, okay. <laughs> no, it's a little really better like it. than okay because yeah. I like the art a lot, and I don't know. I, I like the seeing unicorn get his head blown. Yeah. For me, I was reading and I was like, oh, this reminds me of Revolution, the TV show Revolution. Oh, it's not as bad as that. <laughs> and then at the end, I was like, oh, no, it's like Revolution, but with fables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it definitely is. I definitely, when you get to the end, you're like, oh, okay, like they, fables was popular and now they want to make it's another tr- thing. Tr- like and fables. goblins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, it's one, it's one where I think we need to see where it's going to go. Yeah, it, definitely it definitely see what their idea. Well, all the fairy tale characters in this want to eat humans. So. Yeah, so it's they're a all in danger. Dark, grim fairy tale sort of thing on it. Yeah, indeed. Maybe we should review the second issue. Of this I think one. so. Yeah, not, uh, not going to happen. <laughs> no, it probably won't. Uh, up next, we have Lost Cat by Jason, and Jason is a Norwegian cartoonist who has done a ton of stuff. One like, of the best. Uh, I killed Adolf Hitler, The Last Musketeer, um, and a million other things. Uh, and this is his sort of everything he does is kind of maybe a, like sort of a take on a genre, but he is Jason, so it's it's holy in his style yeah and this is kind of his take on a detective story yeah so basically the basic plot is um there's this detective who everybody says looks like humphrey bogart even though he just looks like a cat because jason (laughs) Jason characters look like cats yeah and uh he goes to help out this woman who's lost her cat and like any great sort of um old noir story that leads him into a crazy twisty story about a bunch of other things like uh like a lost painting and um you know just a bunch of other crazy stuff yeah and yeah. then uh it has uh the most one of the most insane endings uh, and I, I've seen in a long time. The end of, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think we should tell the end of the story, no, but no, what we will but... say it totally comes out of left field and it's it's crazy. Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny in that Jason way where it's like it's like kind of sad but like really brilliant. funny yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, the thing is he does like a great job of like he does so so much with so little, you know, he'll just be like a panel of somebody like looking up and it's like <laughs> the best thing you've seen just cuz he 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 nails the the facial expression so well. Yeah, he's so deadpan like everything he does, but uh he always manages to create like a mood and it's it's weird because I I feel like in every story that he tells you don't expect the emotion to that ends up being there to right. be there because it all right. it's all like just kind of fun and silly but then it always creeps up on you and it's just something about the atmosphere he creates in his books yeah. and his arts his arts like always amazing like yeah. the characters and stuff look simple and they almost always look the same from book to book yeah. but his panel composition is great and his sense of pacing is so good and uh this book like i it's not my favorite book of his but it's still an amazing book yeah it's so inventive yeah and yeah. uh i think if you're a fan of the big sleep there are a lot of little like tips <laughs> like, to nice that to in it, there yeah. uh yeah, and it's it's a really cool book. I'd say if you haven't read any of his stuff, though, check out I Killed Adolf Hitler uh, or The Last Musketeer. Last Musketeer. Those are both so really fantastic. The end of this book is absolutely insane, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> and it definitely seems to come out of nowhere and doesn't maybe fit in with the rest of the book. It kind of does. But, but then, it, but then it, yeah, but then he makes it fit in and, yeah. it, and it ends up working really well. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Like all of Jason's stuff, pretty much. awesome book. Just get him. Yeah. Uh, all right, up next we've got Marvel Knights Spider-Man number one. This MKS. MKS. M. Uh, <laughs> this is written by Matt Kent, who writes Mind Management and uh, that Frankenstein comic. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the art, uh, and this is by Marco Rudy, who I don't know, but the art in this is really, really this good. This art is so good. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of J.H. Williams. And uh, J.H. Williams in the layout, but I think the range on this, like he does like uh, like a, not Barry Windsor Smith, uh, like that Frankenstein panel he draws in here is like that kind of black and white etched style oh my god oh yeah the kind of creepy comics yeah, uh like, yeah oh, just so good but uh yeah and, and then the art reminds me a lot of emma, emma rios as well yeah but uh the story in this is 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 pretty simple i guess yeah it's spider-man is drugged out of his mind or something he's he's or hallucinating he's or... hallucinating he, he, he can't figure out what's going on because of jack-o-lanterns like maybe but he's not sure yeah he's like somebody poisoned him or did something to him so he's like kind of confused and he keeps wandering around and like different villains appear and he ends up in different places and you're not sure what's happening yeah, he might be on like on a spirit journey you, there's yeah. no idea it's just surreal and then madam webb shows up and she's like you're gonna have to fight 99 villains and yeah. so yep. he's, he's fighting these 99 villains and it's just really weird and trippy um and it's it's hard to explain but it's it the thing that makes it great is the art just because um whenever a new villain shows up it's like almost a different art style each time and it's all yeah, that's what i meant it's amazing cool and stylish and and there's some interesting stuff. There's one page where everything is backwards, which is pretty interesting. Kind of the way it's it's laid out makes you feel like you're also like hallucinating along with Spider-Man, just because everything's so weird and confusing. Yeah, in ways it kind of reminded me of that uh, Spider-Man Doctor Strange story from a few years ago, Fever Dream, the one oh, yeah, the one right. by Brendan McCarthy. Oh, uh, yeah. And for me, that's like a huge compliment because yeah. I because I love that book. But uh, yeah, it, it is. It's like. It's very trippy, and the the panel layouts are always like really interesting. Like, yeah. like it does remind me a lot of J. H. Williams in like the layouts and stuff. For sure, and uh, yeah, it's it's the kind of book where after you read the first issue, it's like I don't really care what happens next, but I want to see all the pictures right. and like and and it does create like an interesting mood, and it is like yeah, it is like having like a crazy fever dream. Yeah, and so just for people who don't know, Marvel Knights is kind of like the experimental line for Marvel that they started up in the nineties. But their newer, the newer incarnation of it is all right. they're, they're just letting indie people do whatever they want. Well, that's always characters. kind of what it was. It's just, so, no, when it no. started, it was like it was the worst. It was all the street level characters. But um, that was where Garth Ennis's Punisher stuff was. Yeah, like, like there was good stuff, and in Daredevil it. was in that. Yeah, and then there was like a bunch of really bad stuff. Yeah, like Daredevil by Bendis was part of that, and the the Ennis Punisher stuff, and then there were like a bunch of real. There was like a really bad ghost rider series but that was like yeah. the joe casada stuff it was like yeah that was his line to just take these and do what you want to no, but, with th- but this is more like do anything like right no continuity uh not even you can design redesign all the villains and characters right. any way you want and just do whatever you want that <laughs> original marvel knights line had a series called marvel knights do you guys remember yeah, that? yeah and it was all the different characters from the different marvel knights book and a team book yeah. what and oh, it was boy. drawn by eduardo riso really but it was inked by claus jansen oh. and he made it look like it was drawn by jerry ordway or something <laughs> like he just couldn't figure out how to ink eduardo yeah. riso and it was it was rough stuff wow but uh yeah, but that has nothing to do with this. Yeah. This this book is great, and uh, my I, point was trying to be that this is Peter Parker, not in continuity, just Spider Man story. Yeah, don't have to read any Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, it's Even Peter Parker, Spider-Man so it's is. definitely not yeah. in continuity. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but uh, a cool book, and definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, all right, up next we have Rocket Girl number one. Uh, is this written by Brandon Montclair yep. and drawn by Amy Reader? No, yeah. no, Amy Reader. Amy, Amy Reader wrote and drew this, and I think what? Brandon Montclair did some of the helping. Let's find oh, out. Hold on. We got grab a copy of Rocket. Yeah, that's, that's Amy Reader definitely wrote it. Really? 
I thought it was the other. Oh one. no, no, he wrote it. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Because her name's listed. She first gets on. top billing because she's amazing. Yeah, because she is amazing. So Rocket Girl is a story about a a, a young girl cop named De Young. Is that how you say her name? I, I, I was really wondering how to pronounce that. <laughs> she's uh, fifteen. She's fifteen. She's from the future, which in this book is the year twenty thirteen. <laughs> yeah, and uh, basically she's like a time cop. If yep. you've ever seen the movie Time Cop, <laughs> um, which means she can do the splits, and she's from Belgium. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so this is follows her going back to 1986, mm-hmm. where some people are building a time machine, and basically she's sent back to stop them. Yep. But like any time traveling story, she gets stuck in the year 1986, yeah. and basically just like becomes a cop. Right, and there's like some hilarious hijinks with yeah. like a rocket pack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely some hilarious hijinks. Definitely just a really fun book altogether. Yeah, there was literally lines I laughed out loud at. This is just yeah. The thing, I, the, there's so much going on in this that's just they're very good at not info dumping, but also just letting stuff develop slowly, so you do have to pay attention. Like I didn't pick up on some stuff right away that uh, I think they say 2013 is the past. Yes. And then 1986 is the present. Because it's her past. Right. Yeah. And so the thing you realize is that in 2013, she has a jetpack. There's, like, flying cars. Right. New York City is, you know, like, super technologically advanced. Because somebody's and messed this, with the time stream. This thing called uh, Quintum, I believe, is the technology of these people building this time machine right. in 86. And they've made this amazing year, you know, world in 2013. And yet she goes back to 1986 when New York was all sketchy and dangerous. And so it's interesting to see that she might be fixing stuff, but really it's going to make the world like our world, which is not as cool. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, but yeah, she's a great, great personality. She's really yeah, fun. yeah. That's the main the main character in this is like uh, she's almost like a Delilah Dirk type yeah. character. She's yeah. just very she's very brash. She she plays by her own rules. She's a loose cannon, but she's yeah. also fifteen. Which but is she's also yeah, yeah, because she's she's with the New York Teen Police Department. So yeah. like they have these awesome scenes in twenty thirteen where. Her, like, you know, commander is, like, a 13-year-old kid in a trench coat with a terrible, like, 13-year-old mustache. His mustache like, is so uh, funny. It's so yeah, good. Uh, so it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was just really fun. Uh, it's very frenetic. The whole thing is, yeah. like, like uh, mm-hmm. it's there's just so much going on all the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing, it just has a lot of energy, and it was really fun to read. And her art's great. Uh, some of her, like, facial expressions cracked me up. And, yeah, uh, yeah the, the whole book was good. And I definitely recommend that people read it. Me too. All right. Up next, we have um, Shaolin Cowboy number one. What? By Jeff Darrow. I don't believe it. So Shaolin Cowboy, how many issues did they do in the first run? Like five or something? Six, six, seven. uh. Well, those are all summed up in uh, 10,000 page or 10,000 word essay at the beginning of this. squeezed under two pages with the smallest font ever. It's ridiculous because basically nothing happens in the first five issues of Shallon Cowboy. A bunch of crazy stuff. A bunch of crazy stuff. But like the, like this intro is, it's, it's just such a funny thing to me. But basically, um, Shallon Cowboy is a dude who is a Shallon guy and he's also a cowboy and he's a, he's a Buddhist monk when he's not fighting, um, giant crabs and gangs like he did in the last miniseries uh he's fighting zombies like he does in this miniseries that's pretty much it so it literally has this huge info dump at the beginning which i skipped and then it says seven years later six years later. six years later. oh my close one six years later and he comes that's when the last issue came out (laughs) oh yeah wow good point but yeah he comes digging out some rubble he's in the desert and you quickly realize there's a swarm of zombies coming after him and his current kung fu style is a very long pole with two chainsaws on either end that are yeah. There's an old comic too. Which yeah, is he just sweet. like spins around and they hack people up. And so he tries escaping from the zombies and runs into like these idiotic 
Bros. Stoner Bros. Their dialogue is, is, so, funny. is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was cracking up reading that. There's very little dialogue in this. Yeah. And and honestly, the reason you come into this is is for the art. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the dialogue that is in there is hilarious. So, yeah, he runs into those guys. And then there's a little bit of a side story that seems to be part of the bigger story about some people that are tracking him. And they're like, right, oh, right. we finally found him. Yeah. And they're working for King Crab. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who and, is a giant crab. Who is a giant crab, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so that's the story and it's whatever. But Jeff Darrow's art is the reason you come into this. So I don't, if you haven't seen his stuff before, he, he drew, um, Hard Boiled, the Frank Miller thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he of course drew the, the previous Shaolin Cowboy issues. Rusty. Rusty. Uh, yeah. A uh, big the guy in Rusty the Boy the robot. robot. And he has, he has a very, um, hyper detailed style so yeah. detailed. the most detailed yeah like a like a james stoko but even more like nate simpson who did non-player um all those guys are really heavily influenced by jeff darrow jose reap yeah Juan yeah. jose reap and uh jeff darrow though is still the master yeah. you really you hope he's drawing this at like eight times the size <laughs> the detailing because it's a clear line style like the european tent and stuff but just so many lines <laughs> on every yeah. page does he not use any line weight is there not like i don't no, not really. Not really. It's it's it's, ins- it's you insane. You just gotta see it. It's yeah. so amazing. Um, and you'll you you can spend forever like looking at the stuff that's going on in this. Yeah, there's like a double page spread of like a horde of like 300 zombies as Shaolin Cowboy leaps down on them to hack them to pieces. And he does not take shortcuts when he's drawing no. those 300 zombies. It's it's so the art is so amazing. Uh, definitely worth picking up for that. But yeah, like I said, the uh, it's a, actually a really funny book too. Yeah. Um. That part where the guy's like Jackie Chan. Well, I don't even want to say. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's it's, it's oh god, that cracked me up. Uh, yeah, so Shaolin Cowboy number one, uh, definitely worth checking out. Hopefully, the second issue comes out at some point. We'll <laughs> Supposedly, see. we ordered three already. Yeah, so. so we'll see what happens. All right, uh, up next we have Superman Wonder Woman number one. This is written by Charles Soule. Who uh, is it? Soule? Is it Sewell? We need to figure Soul. that out. Um, who who's been writing a bunch of stuff recently, uh, like the She Hulk thing that we were talking about, yeah. and uh, he's just took over Red Lanterns, made that book really goofy and funny now. Yeah. Um, Thunderbolts, and he's yeah writing Thunderbolts and also writing Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing right which now, is which is great at yeah, the moment. That's really good. Uh, and the art, and this is by Tony Daniel, who um, who I used to not really be a fan of, but I think that he is like getting better over yeah. time. He's yeah. like losing a lot of those sort of. That sort of Mark Silvestri top cow, yeah. top cow yeah. thing that he had going on, just because he's been doing it forever. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is a, a, a like a story sort of in the style of the Superman Batman stuff, where you kind of see in both of their heads what they're thinking about right. what's going on, right. and it's it's basically the main story in it is their relationship yeah and the fact that uh, it seems like Wonder Woman wants to make it public, but Superman thinks it should be a secret. Yeah. And it's, like, about the trouble of, like, juggling their superhero lives with their private lives and trying to keep them separate. Um, and, of course, they can't. <laughs> and, like, some, some stuff goes down. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah. It was, it was good. Yeah. It was it simple. But it was... Uh I thought that uh, the fact that it focused on the relationship more than whatever like plot right, stuff right. was going on yeah. was what was interesting about it. Like, there was a little... There was drama. And it was... Um, I... I don't know. Superman is such a weird character to me. Like, I still don't care anything about Superman in this. But, like, seeing Wonder Woman's side of things I thought was pretty interesting. And I thought yeah. the whole thing was well-written. Um, I'll be curious to see where it goes. Yeah. It, it was. It's, it's kind of a weird book. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a weird for DC books. Yeah, because it's all about character. Because it's yeah. about personalities yeah. <laughs> and characters. Yeah, instead of instead of about uh, like just like a you know plot and action scenes and, and people, people getting, getting their, murdered. And yeah, stuff. getting their throats slit. Yeah. It's also kind of interesting to see these high level, powerful, and big name characters together, just because they haven't done much with it. Um, so I think it's interesting to see them like that too. Yeah, it, it's, it's so weird though. It's yeah. like so, it's such a weird thing to have them dating each other. It's so yeah. strange yeah, to yeah, me. It's really weird. Um, Poor Lois Lane and whatever happened to her in this new DC universe. <laughs> Steve Trevor. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. we should start dating each other. But yeah, I think it's worth checking out, and which is not something that we often say about new DC books. The yep. best but Superman I think, comic. Yeah, the best Superman comic coming out right now, besides a few of the Adventures of Superman things here and there. Mm. Um, and Wonder Woman is still a good comic, by the Wonder way. Wonder Woman is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say check this out, because it focuses more on character than, you know, people yeah. getting beat up and tortured and stuff yeah, like, yeah. uh all right so up next we have three number one that's confusing that is confusing this is <laughs> the word three and this is issue one of that word <laughs> that's not less confusing <laughs> anyway this is written by kieran gillen who wrote phonogram and is currently writing um young, young avengers. avengers and has written a bunch of other stuff he's really good and the art in this is by ryan kelly who drew um local and did he draw couscous express Oh, no, boy. no, that was somebody else. But uh, yeah, he drew local, which is awesome. And he was supposed to draw um, Supergirl, but that didn't happen. Oh, really? Yeah, it was supposed to be him and Brian Wood, right? Boy. Yeah. He drew some uh, Saucer Country was the last oh, thing. Oh, yeah, he did oh, yeah. Saucer Country. Yeah, and three number one is kind of... Um, New York 4. There you go. Oh, yeah, Major New York 4, yeah. Uh, it's kind of, um, as a lot of people have put it, Kieran Gillen's uh, sort of F.U. to Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah, so this is set in ancient Greece uh, roughly 100 years after the Battle of Thermopylae, which was uh, shown in the comic and movie 300. And Kieran Gillen's thing is, like, this is an awesome action-adventure thing. But in reality, uh, the culture of Sparta is... Based it's on far the, more complex, yes, but largely it is a very oppressive slave owner culture, yeah. and so there's a group of people called the Helots. Is that how you pronounce that? Helots, so, yeah. Uh, which are like they would they, they describe it in this comic as like sub slaves. They're not even like really considered human, and so there's a training day of the year where the Spartan youth are basically allowed to run free and completely attack, brutalize, murder any of these helot slaves just as like training yeah. and it won't even count as like you've you know desecrated yourself or offended the gods or whatever it's like the day to be evil right uh and so kieran gillen actually has like a cool little article about his historical research and like all the theories about what society was like back then um at the back of the book but this is basically one of these helots uh live in these like small societies and then one of the kind of nobility of the spartans comes through and of course demands that they put them up for the night yeah and so there's three the three helots of the title and one of them is kind of like kind of a smart mouth guy who's definitely a smart mouth main guy. thing is like talking and getting himself into trouble but he's a good storyteller and he starts telling stories and kind of just sets up a situation where he pisses all the spartans off and i thought it was a really interesting start it's very uh very historically nerdy um right. But I thought the three of them worked pretty good, pretty good together, and I definitely didn't see where this was going to go till about halfway through, and then it kept getting crazier and crazier. Yeah, it's interesting. So. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. The, the thing that made it even better was the the back matter, um, which is the same yeah. with Uber. It made it it That's made it true. even better when you start reading like his thoughts on it and what he's planning and 
Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like he talks about three hundred, and he's like, "Well, all those scenes where they're carrying their shields, their shields would have been carried by slaves the whole right, time." Right. So there have been like three hundred Spartans and like a thousand Helots carrying gear and shields right. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, which is not quite as heroic looking. <laughs> and the art's great. The uh, Ryan Kelly nah, is so a, you know, always a really good artist. Um, he just has kind of his own style. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I'll be curious to see where it goes which i know i say all the time yeah. but yeah. uh yeah it seems to be the three seems to be very uh synonymous to the 300 and i think it's gonna end up being a similar ish story maybe but if yeah i feel like kind of like historical fiction new takes on stuff it's pretty interesting yeah uh which seems to be what kieran gillen likes to do these days yeah, right. and uh he's a good writer so, so yeah we'll we'll see what happens we'll see. all right so um basically that was all just a preamble to us talking about battling boy um <laughs> like oh this, finally yeah the, the the whole point of this podcast is to talk about battling boy uh so battling boy came out uh this is the new paul pope book mm-hmm. uh this is part one of two is that correct I, maybe. yes um definitely yeah it At was two it was supposed to all come it's out as two. one big book but uh but it's being split up uh this was put out by first second paul pope if you don't know drew batman uh well wrote and drew batman year 100 mm-hmm. wrote and drew 100 percent wrote and drew heavy liquid yep. one trick ripoff uh the escapist Ballad of Dr. Richardson, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's uh, just all kinds of good stuff. And uh, this is his new book, which is surprisingly like uh, a very kid friendly book. Yep. Um, almost, almost Jeff Smith Smith ish in ways. Well, um, interestingly, this was he and Jeff Smith had originally planned to do a anthology book where they each would do crazy sci-fi and it would have been battling boy and Russell magazine basically oh well that's interesting and mm-hmm. then this went destruction well so. that's fine guy like this oh, better. Yeah. uh yeah and this is uh in my opinion maybe the best thing that paul pope has ever done it's so good yeah so the I, the basic plot of this uh so there was a preview issue called the the death of haggard west yep uh which was just basically supposed to be the final issue of a haggard west comic and that's the beginning and also part of the middle of this. Um, right. But uh, so this starts off with, what are the the Snatcher guys called? Oh, man. Those guys are so creepy. They're really creepy. Basically, there are these, like, child Snatcher people. They're like they're like a gang of villains, but creepier than that. Yeah. And um, and they're stealing kids. Yeah. And Haggard West, uh, Sadisto is the name of the leader of the group. I yeah, think yeah. that's the only one they really say yeah. his name. But uh, Haggard West is kind of the superhero of this place. I think it's called, Ar- is it Arcopolis? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, is yeah, a superhero it's of Arcopolis. Yeah. And uh, while fighting these guys, he dies. Yeah. And, um, and then the story switches focus to this very like um, asgard yeah, of space yeah this space asgard kirby uh, style though yeah. this is like gigantic floating space fortress fantasy monster yeah. in the middle of the universe and i think that's why i think this is paul pope's best thing because yep. this is paul pope finally doing his kirby book right yep. Uh, which is awesome because he, you can tell he, he's loving it. Like the yeah. art is so incredible and all his designs are so Kirby-ish and stuff. And it's just like the thing that I know that Paul Pope loves is like doing things in comics that don't, that are, are for comics, you know? Right. Like, yeah. This is the kind of stuff you wouldn't watch a movie of this. This is like a comic book. Right. And so it switches focus to that and, and um, the, the kind of hero of that world and his kid who is uh battling boy. Yep. And, um, uh, you learn that that battling boy has to go through a trial basically to become a hero, uh, and that trial is going to be that he is sent to Earth to fight these monsters and villains that uh, that 
have been destroying this city, Arcopolis. Yep. And uh, when he gets there, he has to fight a giant monster. Yeah, he fights basically like a, almost like a kaiju-level monster that's eating like buildings and cars and just generally destroying the city. Um, and he's kind of left to his own devices, which is which is cool. It, a lot of it's just about him trying to figure out what to do. It's like a rite of passage. He's sent there to just kind of become a man. And he has uh, what I thought was really cool is he has these 12 t-shirts that all have oh, different so animals cool. on them. It's like the coolest idea. It's so good. And so in this one, he's using the T-Rex shirt. Um, so and whatever animals on there, he gets those powers. Yeah. And uh, he's just using it to, to fight this giant monster. And then... Um, most of what happens after that is like a big battle. Yeah. But then, you know, it switches back and forth between um, him and his father. And he's trying to, to, you know, he wants his father to help him. But his father's like, oh, I'm busy battling other monsters. You and need you to have do to this yourself. Learn to do it yourself. You have to learn to be a but man. You quickly start realizing that, uh, like, Sadisto and his gang are still running loose. And there's a much bigger supervillain presence in the city. And these monsters are much more powerful than Battling Boy's dad thought. So it's like clearly there's something worse is going on or like people, you know, he just didn't realize what's happening. So Yeah, he realizes the monster he fought is, of course, like the weakest monster. Even because this is like super tough. Because as much as this is a Kirby thing, this is also Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's that's probably enough about the plot. Yeah, do, do you know? Well, obviously, another thing, the important part we didn't talk about that, that half of it is also about um, Hagrid West's Hagrid's, daughter. Hagrid West's daughter. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And she's you know she's mourning her father, and she's she wants to get revenge for 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 his death um, and take down these bad guys. But also and that so, like Hagrid West, he's basically he's got a jetpack and ray guns. He's like very science fictiony awesome right. superhero. But he has, like, secret layers and, like, some superpowers. See, like, no one really knows what he was up to. So she's got, like, plans and, like, yeah, equipment. And and, she basically yeah. wants to take over and yep. be the new hero. And she's like, wait, who is this kid that just showed up? Like, right. yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and then there's, like, all the funny bits about, like, a city trying to deal with, like, a legitimate, like, superpowered kid showing up. Yeah. And, it's just uh, it's so 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 it's basically obviously you can tell together. <laughs> yeah, every aspect of the, this book is great. It reads really well. Paul Pope's art is um in this like it's funny because he does a lot of stuff, but Paul, he doesn't do like a ton of action in his comics. I mean, he Ooh, he doesn't some. I mean, he doesn't some, but like his THB but, stuff in particular is a lot of like robots zipping and like that. But sort this, of stuff. This I feel like has never like at a, like this level. No, though. no, yeah. no. This has like a thirty or forty page battle. Yeah, um, and it's God, it's just so good. Yeah, it's great. Like it's it's definitely the best thing that came out this week. It's one of the right. best things that's come out all year mm. for sure. I mean, uh, it's it's weird to compare it to certain things, obviously, yeah. because it's so different. But uh, it just has like uh, like. It just has like life to it. The whole thing is it's so full of like energy. Like energy. His, his yeah. art is just yeah, like super frenetic energy, like just hyper reality. Yeah, yeah. His stuff's always been super super dynamic and um you know, it's like his pen looks like he's just like flying across the page when he yeah, draws right. lines. And they o- they always look fantastic. Yeah. And I, I think it lends itself to this so well. Yeah, you've got like the tightness of Battling Boy himself and then this like the insane like design and like like that kind of sloppiness of the monsters which are just like these mutated monstrosities that look amazing because the lines are so much looser or just the designs looser i guess and then the the like um the sort of the kitty 
snatcher guys are just like disto, yeah. they're, they're they're so creepy. funny and like yeah. but yeah they're like creepy but then they're really funny as well yeah. they're like they're very classic almost like uh they almost remind me of like mumra and like the guys yeah. from thundercats <laughs> yeah. or something like they're just that a uh, very classic like goofy bad guys but then they're also terrifying yeah um yeah uh, the dialogue's so good in this too like, yeah it's it's simple but amazing and it's it's really witty at times and it's the most all ages book i think i've read it's like yeah Anybody can read this and get enjoyment out yeah. of it. And it's not like everyone a kid will book. read this and get enjoyment. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily a kid book, but, but it is a kid, but, but it is appropriate for kids. Yeah, it's not kids a kids will love this. Kids will love it. Yeah. And it's yeah, uh, yeah it's definitely like, we love this. It's like for everybody. I think yeah. that's I think that's like the best thing you could say about this. It is like the most all ages book that I've yeah. ever read. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um yeah, it's fantastic. Uh we recommend it for everybody. Little like, kids, everyone old, should buy this. Old yeah. grandmas. Ugh. All you old grandmas get this book. <laughs> yeah, get up on it. Um, it's 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 absolutely incredible, and uh, I can't wait for volume two, which will probably be in like two years or something. Yeah. Like that. Maybe next year. Yeah, he's been working on this for a long time. Yeah. like I said. Uh, but Battling Boy, pick yep. it up. Our yeah, highest recommendation. Highest, highest, highest. Definitely will be in our book of the year talks. Yeah, in oh a, like a hundred different categories. <laughs> can't wait uh, to read this again. Yeah, cool. Well, that's it for this episode of the Big Planet Comics just Podcast. Those million just books. going out, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and going out on top with Battling Boy for sure. All yep. right, cool. We'll see you guys next time. See you. Bye.